like what are you guys expecting us to automatically be a championship contending team after one playoff series that's not how this works like if you look back to 1999 kings and i hate comparing them because these are two separate teams but they lost back-to-back first rounds and then the site the next year after that third year they went to the second round and then the fourth year they went to the western conference final it's a fucking process like that's just how it is there's a difference between losing because you're just a poor team and there's a difference between losing because there's inconsistencies. And as a team grows and gets better, those things are straightened out. I think so much energy is spent on the defensive end because he's now guarding uh, either the first or second highest usage player on the other team that it's hard for him. And this is all new. I think it's great that he's improved on that end. But yeah, I think it's going to be an adjustment for sure. That's what we've been waiting to see. And there is pandemonium at Arco. And let's wipe that motherfucking bean. All right, here we go. Welcome to the beam unit. It's daily, along with my co-pilots, Elizabeth and Naima. How are you? Hello. All right. First quarter, defensively, Keegan checks Devin Brooker early, causes a block and forces a miss. Domas gets a steal which was converted into a Fox dunk. Herter hits a midi. Kings up by one, 39-38. Second quarter, defensively, Monk makes an improbable closeout on Grayson Allen and blocks a three. Monk also gets a steal and a layup again on Grayson Allen. Herter steals a pass, and which was uh, converted into a Domas putback. Kings up by three at the half, 67-64. Naima, Elizabeth, thoughts? Honestly, that half, like, we went down, like, nine, and I'm glad the Kings, like, fought back and everything. We usually finish quarters kind of, like, bad, which what was happened to end the half. But it was good to see, like, Malik, um, you know, play, shoot well. You know, he had a great first half. Domas, you know, doing the typical work down low. And, you know, Fox had a great game as well. Wish others stepped up in the first half because I felt like if they did it and – uh, Monk, Box, and Domas were going to carry it. We probably wouldn't have won the game, but yeah. Yeah, I feel like the first half, um, you know, they got down early and then, you know, they kind of came back and then went into the halftime with, you know, a lead. I thought, you know, they kind of struggled against that small ball lineup that the Phoenix uh, beat us with last time. So they kind of, you know, chipped back into that. I think it was like a 12 point lead at one point. Um, but I felt like we were moving the ball around firing on the cylinders, so it was definitely um, a fun first half to watch. Right on. Third quarter, Domas gets a block on Nurkic. Domas also get his, gets his 18th triple-double of the season with 3.16 to go in the third. Monk drives and hits a reverse layup using his body to block off KD. Beautiful. Phoenix goes up on a 13-4 run. They're up 94-92 to end the quarter. Fourth quarter, Suns up 10. Domas gets another put back off a De'Aaron missed layup. Kings down four. Fox hits a clutch three with 41 seconds to go. The Suns pull away with ticky-tack foul calls. Suns win 130 to 125. Just honestly a brutal ending. I really thought like after the Kings going on like a 12 or one, I'm like, okay, showing some fight, you know. Um, but uh, such bullshit calls at the end and honestly out of all our losses this season this one annoyed me in particular like 
again, Fox dropped 40. You know, Domas had a monster triple-double. Monk came off the bench well. But, man, we really needed HB and Keegs to step up. And, unfortunately, that was just not the case. But hopefully tomorrow we'll, uh, we'll, you know, show more effort. Um, Hit our free throws. That's always a problem this season. But, yeah, just, just a very annoying loss. Yeah, I think, you know, the second half, um, you know, I thought they got going pretty early. But then, you know, when you let up, I think the Suns got up to like a 10-point lead and then we obviously made that 10-point run. Um, and you kind of get yourself so not a hole that early in the game. You're just constantly playing from behind. And so they just kept basically hitting tough shot after tough shot. Uh, I didn't like the defensive, um, you know, possessions that we had kind of with doubling like too high, like by half court, you know, on Durant, um, that just kind of allowed some of their guys to get those open threes. Uh, but you know, I mean, that's what good teams do. I mean, it's hard, it's hard to guard Devin Booker and, you know, Kevin Durant, that's why they're two, you know, the best shooters in the league. I mean, they can just straight up shoot over you. It doesn't matter how tall you are. I mean, Kevin Durant is like seven foot, so he's just lengthy. So it's like impossible to just like block any shot of his. So, um, yeah, shout out to the Suns. I mean, you know, they did what they had to do to get the win. Uh, just a disappointing loss. Um, but again, you know, this team, that's the frustrating part is just the inconsistencies with this team is we see how well they can play against some of the top, you know, teams in the league. And then, you know, um, kind of having heartbreaking losses like against Charlotte, against Detroit, things like that, uh, you know, just gets frustrating when those, you know, those games could matter a lot more had they just won them. But um, you gotta, you know, move on. They gotta fly to Denver and play in high altitude, which is already hard, at, you know, in and of itself. And all of our starters played a really significant amount of minute, minutes. So tomorrow's gonna be a really, really difficult game. Um, they gotta find a way, whatever way they can, dig deep into their pocket uh, and just be like, you know, what, after this, we're off for, you know, a week and a half. So just fucking dig and dig and dig and whatever they can do to win that game. Cause I it's going to be really heartbreaking to go on three on this road trip. Shout out to Keon Ellis though, for doing a hell of a job on, on Devin Booker. And, you know, I'm sorry. And Naima, you mentioned um, getting help from Keegan and Harrison. Uh, don't forget to throw in Kevin Herter in there too. Granted he had an efficient 10 points, but defensively they killed him in the first half. And it was only until Keon Ellis got in that the Suns were actually slowed down a little. You know what I mean? I mean, Kevin Herter always gets targeted and destroyed. Seriously, every game, unfortunately. Um, you know, I just had some trepidations coming into this game. I was just looking at stats on NBA.com. And first off, Vegas had the Suns uh, at minus 4.5. So they're already favored. And then in the last five games, and we all know Phoenix has been on a roll. Phoenix is ninth in offense, eighth in defense, and seventh in net rating. Unfortunately, the Kings are in a decline. They're eleventh in offense, which isn't bad, but they've dipped in defense all the way down to twenty seventh. And this is only a small sample size of the last five games, but still, we know there's something going on. And they're nineteenth in net rating. So I was like, this is going to be a mountain decline, which is unfortunate. Um, the Suns' new lineup with Bradley Bill, since he's healthy, uh, Devin Booker, Bradley Bill, Ted Cruz, KD, and Nurk. They have the third best lineup. 
out of 500 possessions or more. And then sack, they still have a baller lineup. Uh, and, and their lineup is eighth in differential, which is Fox Herter, you know, our lineup. Fox Herter, Keegan, Barnes, and Domas. But it's a, So that gave me a little hope, not to mention the fact that we always play the Suns well. But goddamn, um, you know, all I can say is if there's any silver lining, I'm glad to know that Domas can get one of those monster triple doubles that his contemporaries get. When Jokic or let's say AD get a triple double, they're scoring in the 30s. And I was always wondered, can Domas do that? Because usually his is, are usually like 17, 18, and 10, or 12, 15, and 12. You know, it's those types of numbers. So it's nice to see him get a monster triple double of scoring 35 points. Uh, that was great. I hate that they wasted a 40 piece from De'Aaron. Uh, that's really unfortunate. Liz, what's up? Yeah, it's just like crazy to me. Like I feel bad for Sabonis because I just feel like he did basically everything he could tonight. Uh, same with Fox. Um, so it's just frustrating that there couldn't be other contributions, you know, outside of Malik coming off the bench. I think not having Trey Lyles definitely hurt too, um, coming off that second unit because it kind of forced you to play, you know, some other people, you know, different lineups, different minutes, and things like that. Um, but I just, it's crazy to me. I saw a tweet the other day after our game. Um, on Sunday, and I think it was after our game on Sunday, someone said that they'd rather have Nurkic than Sabonis, and I thought that was, like, the most wildest thing ever. I was like, the amount of hate Sabonis gets is, like, absolutely crazy to me, and I was in a space when they were basically just, like, talking that, like, Sabonis is, like, assist numbers, like, don't, like, kind of don't reflect, like, what it actually is, like, you know, they like basically saying, like, his assists are fraudulent, and I'm like, how does, like, that's just crazy to me. I'm just like, I'm so tired of having to defend this man when he's like fucking just dominating the season. Um, he's literally not an all-star, but he's like top seven in MVP voting right now. Uh, he just has been doing everything and he's been realistically like our only consistent player night in and night out just does whatever he can do to put this team in a position to win. And so just the slander that he gets, I just absolutely don't understand But Yeah. Just a disappointing loss tonight. If he performs like he has this season in the playoffs and we actually win a playoff series, he'll get a little more respect. Granted, it's the Kings, so we always get shitted on, but he will. Uh, nobody's watching him. So there's already A, a European bias, B, a poverty franchi franchise bias. There's so many things going against him in, in any of our players, which is why he and Fox aren't in the All-Star game. It is what it is. You know, um, it's unfortunate. Uh, I had a few speakers lined up and then some dropped out. Feel free to request so you could get your thoughts off. Uh, we totally understand. If you want to vent, feel free. I do want to do this. I want to say, <laughs> I want to have this segment called the Ho-Ass Tweet of the Night. Um, and this is from a mutual. So if I offend you, I could care less. Uh, I'm just tired of the toxicity uh, on the timeline. But somebody said, this one's on Monty McNair. It's like, have we not moved past the trade deadline fiasco? I mean, it's not even a fiasco. Uh, Monty didn't want to do anything. He didn't want to sacrifice uh, any of our players for other players who are just going to make us marginally better. I don't know why that's so hard to understand. And then if you don't have any records of Monty's text or transcripts of calls of teams rejecting any of our offers, then you don't really know what's going on the other end. 
of these trade uh, situations. So I thought that was the lamest tweet I saw. So anywho. Well, it's, um, it's also too real quick daily. Like people, it's been put out there that like if the Kings make the playoffs and that Kevin Herter pick gets conveyed. So then it opens up like three first round picks for the Kings to kind of play with if need be. So it's like people just don't understand it's a process. And of course, after a loss, people are going to be like, money didn't make a move at the deadline. Da, da, da. Like it, it was the same shit repeating story last year. Every single loss after the trade deadline, same shit. And it's like, we made the fucking playoffs in the first time in fucking 16 years. Like, what are you guys expecting us to automatically be a championship contending team after one playoff series? That's not how this works. Like, if you look back the 1999 Kings, and I hate comparing them because these are two separate teams, but they lost back to back first round. And then the site, the next year after that third year, they went to the second round. And then the fourth year they went to the Western conference final. It's a fucking process. Like that's just how it is. So like, we just need to realize that it's a process and like be fucking patient. And well, if you're not going to be patient, then stop watching the goddamn team. Cause I don't know what to tell you. Well, Liz, you're asking people to, to practice critical thinking. So what are you going to do? David, what's happening? Hey guys. Yeah. Like, um, I think that generally we played a pretty good game against a sun, a good sun team who just hit a lot of tough shots. And there were some really bullshit calls at times. And those two things that the sun just ex- out executing us and down the stretch cost us the game. But like, I can't be too mad about how the guys overall play. I think, you know, part of the reason, you know, uh, the idea of, yeah, Sabonis Fox had big games and a lot of other guys didn't, but part of the reason why you get one guy getting 40 is because other guys aren't getting their shots, right? Um, so it sucks to lose the game. Um, I will probably, you know, I think these guys really do need that all-star break, it seems like. The good news is I think after tomorrow's game, we'll have, you know, some time for the guys to refresh and then a good chance to go on a nice little run coming out of the break. Um I definitely hope we beat Nuggets tomorrow. That's going to be tough, but hey, that's what they're paid for to play those kind of games. And oh, last time we won a back to back, or other times where we've won back to backs against good teams has been after losses before. So we've shown that before. So I think this team's shown good resilience. I don't mind this loss that much. I think people are overstating the standings thing because we're still basically almost tied between five and eight everyone's like around the same record so a lot of that separation is not going to happen until after all-star break really um and now we just have to try to beat the nuggets tomorrow and hopefully beat the suns when we bring when they come home against uh golden and golden one which i think we have a very good chance of doing so yeah right on david appreciate you as always julie how are you uh, I, I mean, I'm frustrated. It, you know, the, I think we all I think we all can agree. It's a little frustrating. The standings, and it, it, yeah, it's not that big of a deal because it's. I mean, we're down, and it, the spread is not too far. But man, if it's just it's not frustrating sometimes. I will say I've been seeing people not on Twitter but on other areas just being like, I might be done with this team for a while if we keep losing, and I'm just like, this is this is so small compared to what 16 years of just pure suffering we've endured. <laughs> And like, like let's say it's a process. It, it is a process. So, you know, I will get there. So, but man, if I am just not frustrated, I don't expect anything tomorrow. I'm going to go with very low expectations. I think nuggets are coming after us, but if they prove me wrong, cool. If not, eh, it is what it is. 
Right on, Julie. And, and I love the perspective. It's like, it is what it is. And we have to learn how to take adversity and always remember the vomit game, the Luke Walton era, all that. And it's like, all of a sudden we have a little success and I feel like people are getting a little entitled. And, and I know this falls in the area of, oh, don't tell me how to fan, but Jesus Christ, I, I think there's a difference between being a fan and then being a toxic you know, doomer, you know what I mean? There's differences. So thank you, uh, Julie. We appreciate you as always. All right, Kevin, good to hear from you. What's happening? I I thought I'd be the one who's like positive for once. Well, everyone's dooming, but no, I don't have anything bad to say. I, I think this was a close hard fought game. Um, this looks bad because of standings, but if you actually, if you check the like last ten games from everyone in the West, they're all positive. No one's going on a losing streak. Everyone's above five hundred the past ten games. So we kind of just need help from someone. Um, I, I'm not super stressed. This un game close for the most part. Yeah, there was a, a few bullshit calls and we're not clutch at all. Like closing the the half in the first like that was terrible and. And obviously the the end was not great, but I I was I enjoyed that game. Fox finally had a big game after we've been complaining for how many weeks about Fox like lack of effort. Like we, we got to give him credit when he plays big. So like like if, if we're gonna criticize Fox like this, we got to give him credit when he's playing like an all star. So yeah, that was a great game. We got a great game from Sabonis, like a, a legend, like a, a historic game from Sabonis. And we got a great game from Fox, and we got an excellent game from Monk. I'm really worried about Monk's free agency. But, um, yeah, that was a fun game. Um, I'm not expecting anything. From the, that, that Nuggets game tomorrow is, is a schedule loss, if there's ever been one. A travel, Sega Baba to Denver, Malhai City. <laughs> Lower your expectations for that one. Uh, well said, Kevin. I'm so glad you you gave De'Aaron and Domas and Malik Flowers uh, because we always get on them when they're having poor games. So thank you for that. I appreciate it. Not to mention tomorrow tomorrow's game. I mean, we also have to consider the fact that Domas and De'Aaron and Malik, they all played more than 35 minutes. Uh, Malik played 33 minutes. HB played 37. Yeah. So, yeah, our, our guys might be tired, especially in the high altitude. So we'll see what's happening tomorrow. Ben, good to hear from you. How are you? Nope. Sorry, man. Sorry. Um, yeah, man, that's just a deflating loss, but yeah, it's hard just with, with the standings, like like everybody is, is being saying, you know, like especially um, after the OKC game, would have been nice to get one, <laughs> hopefully two, but yeah, man, it's looking like oh. Three after that nice Nuggets victory, but I don't know we'll see what happens tomorrow. But um, yeah, I, I just that last minute was just I, I don't, you know I, I I love Mike Brown and I'm never I'm I'm not one to be you know throwing throwing shade at Mike Brown, but I just you you've got these defensive specialists like Kessler Ed, Edwards and Keon Ellis and Davion Mitchell late and and. and why I just didn't see why we weren't rotating these defensive lineups in. Like Phoenix was doing it with a coat and it was like paying off. And um, I just I just didn't see why we weren't doing that. You know, Devin Booker and Kevin Durant are going to shoot over the top of you. And I just think this was a perfect game to put in Kessler Edwards, especially with Lyles and Bazenkov out. You know, a bit of bit of length, 
you know, good defense. And, and he's, a, he's actually a, um, he's got a good um, rebounding rate as well. So I, I just, yeah, I don't know, man. It's super, super frustrating. But um, yeah, is what it is. Uh, we move on. Well, he did. Um, Mike Brown did put in Kessler for about two minutes. And unfortunately, he had a super short leash. And I think that could destroy somebody's confidence. I don't think it will. But it's kind of like a college coach when they put in a freshman and then they, you know, create, get two fouls or whatever, then they pull him out, which I don't think is fair. Uh, so, yeah, he guarded KD on two straight possessions and KD busted on him twice, including he got two personal fouls. So I think because of that, we didn't see Kessler again, but I wish we did. It's like, so what? Who, who could really guard KD? All you need to do is slow him down. Uh, either he's cold or he's hot. And if he's hot, no one's guarding him. So, I wish Kessler got more minutes for sure. Thank you, Ben. Appreciate you. Um, John, thanks for your patience. What's happening? Good. Hey, I just wanted to help you out with a uh, Monty situation. I don't know if you saw the press conference he had after the uh, trade deadline. Yeah, I did. I did. But he pretty much admitted that it's the Kings are going to be like first round, maybe second round, and, and then out. And in my opinion, this year they're not a title contender yet. So I think he's just trying to stick with what he, what we have, and he's just going with that. And it might not be a bad move um, to get cohesiveness for the team next year. Maybe we'll be a little tighter and win the games we're supposed to win and not lose some of the games like to the Pistons and then improve on the record by winning the games that they should win. And then, like, tonight's a game. This is not the first time the Kings have given the game away at the end. You know, that's the NBA. So it is what it is. Uh, I don't really speak much, but I do like to listen to the podcast. I think you guys are pretty good. And I just try and, uh, you know, enjoy listening to most of the listeners, not all of them. But that's pretty <laughs> much uh, pretty much all I got. Well, damn, John, just, just come on and speak and just give us compliments. That's fine. My goodness, I appreciate that. Um, no, you're totally right. And I said this about probably 10 or more times in the past two months. But there was a post-practice presser with Mike Brown. And he totally said, yeah, we are going to run it back for a second year. You need to go, go to the playoffs twice to see who could really perform in the playoffs and see what you have and then make moves in the offseason. And not to mention, I, I don't think this is the type of team that wants to acquire a player mid-season, at least a major high usage player, and then integrate them into the offense, uh, which is really difficult. And you're going to get some losing streaks that way. Kind of like early hardened days with the Clippers, they lost like, what, seven, eight straight? It happens. And I don't think the Kings wanted to do that, not to mention, Monty said in the presser that you were talking about, referring to, he did say, I don't want to give up anyone who helps us being good at one area to make up another area where we're going to get a player that's going to help us on defense. It, it just doesn't make sense. It's like you're going to add, but then you're also going to subtract, and then you only become marginally better. Yet for some reason, everybody seems to gloss over that and, and feels like money should have just you know, pulled a trade out of, out of his ass and, and get it done. It just doesn't work that way. It's ridiculous. But thank you, John, for the kind words and for speaking. Eurosack, thank you for your patience, man. What's going on? Hi. Um, so yeah, it's uh, it's still it's still a tough loss for us. I mean, 
we're down to what uh um nine seed or something eight whatever um i didn't like what i saw again i mean i don't care how how good they are in, on offense but on the defensive end they can't show me anything other than doubling and leaving the corner shooters open um and you know sons made all of them man only Joshua Kogi missed a couple and then you know they made all of their threes um just because Sabonis Fox and Malik played well it just doesn't mean that we can win a game like that you got to in order to win a game against a good team you got to play defense too and apparently we don't play any defense i don't care what malik means in arabic it means king but i just know that herder means i can't play defense in turkish um so that guy has no value in my uh in my opinion um he had to be gone but he's still on the team apparently mike brown doesn't like meter so he took him out he just has to show me something like he can't let every opponent score on him. It's he he's targeted, yes, but he's also targeted by me too. I bet over points on the guy, whoever Herder defends, and I keep winning. I don't like to win because Herder plays bad defense. I'm okay with losing, but I keep winning. I played over on Ivy. I won. I played over on Gordon. I won. I played over on. Fucking Justin Holiday, I won. I'm up to three hundred dollars or something. This guy has to play some defense too. Not only him. Like, it's okay if he like. I I'm not okay. Like, if one guy doesn't play defense, it just fucks up the whole chemistry on defense too because he's targeted. Like they keep coming at him. You're not wrong. I don't know. I'm still frustrated with him. I'm I'm frustrated with the whole team, actually. The whole team doesn't play defense at all. I mean, only Sabonis played a little defense. He had like three blocks in the first quarter. Then the old four guys, even Fox doesn't play defense. I mean, he tries to play defense, but let's say Fox plays good defense, right? Sabonis plays good defense. Barnes, Keegan, they all play good defense. But if there's only one guy doesn't play defense, then the whole chemistry is fucked up. All of a sudden, Detroit Pistons scores fucking 150 points on you. Could you imagine what this game would be if the Kings were like just a top 15 defense? Top 18. We would be number one seed. <laughs> no, we would have won by 10. Number, 15, number from one seed. Hey. All right, Eurosec. Thank you, man. We got people. Right, have a good night. Appreciate you. Serial, what's up, man? What's up, Daily? Oh, man. That's a, that's a disappointing loss. Uh, I, I'm not, I'm not, again, like this is one of those losses where I'm like furious, but I am disappointed. I don't think you can keep continually having moral victories. I understand the whole. You know, keeping the, I don't have an issue with with the whole Monty thing. Like I'm I'm with you on that. Like let this team let's see what happens. If there was something to be made that was reasonable, he would have made it. Obviously, they were asking for a ridiculous amount of things in return for a lot of players. You wait till the off season. But I will say this about people talking about the gelling and all of that. It's been a year and a half with this core. 
they don't look better this year than they did last year. To me, there's a regression. So that's my concern with the team is there has been no defensive progression whatsoever. So it, to me, they've even looked worse this year defensively a lot of the times than last year. And that's a problem. It'd be one thing if there, if there was increments of, uh, of seeing the, the steps being made, right? Because we talk about we knew they weren't going to be a championship team this year. Um, it's all you take your steps, right? Like the Bulls did, like everybody else did. But I'm not seeing those steps right now. Like I'm not seeing that progression, and that's where my worry is. But again, I'm, I'm willing to wait till the end of the year to see what the finished product of this year is to see where they're at. But at this point, people can't say that there's a, you know, there's a window or there's, well, we just got to let them take the steps. Right now, they're stuck in the mud. Like, literally, if you take last year's team at this time and this year's team, not that they're, you know, they probably were a little bit better last year or around the same right now, but there should be a jump right now. There should be a jump defensively, especially after being in Mike Brown's system over a you know over a year and a half now and there isn't so i to me that what that means is the personnel that's here some of them need to go and there does need to be a change in personnel but again we'll wait till the off season we'll see how this what happens after this all-star break and i get the whole uh tomorrow this and tomorrow like well they need to win tomorrow like a loss tomorrow that's a what a three-game losing streak you're going into the all-star game on a, on a losing streak. You're probably in the eight or nine spot at that point. Like, yeah, cool. They get rest and everything. But now your second half, like there's so little margin of error right now, the way all these teams are playing. Golden State's starting to get hot a little bit. Thanks to Draymond Christ, I guess. But like, like there's very little margin of error going into the second half right now. They need, to get with it on, on all levels, offensively, the bench, Fox hitting free throws. Sabonis has been doing his thing regardless, which is a beautiful thing. But, like, again, like, there's very little room for error at this point. And I, I don't know where they're going to be in the second half. Like, it's going to be an interesting – it's going to be a roller coaster. We know that. They're going to have the ebbs and flows. I just hope that something clicks between the Mike Brown and this team in this second half. I hope he comes up with just sticks to a damn rotation. I know he's trying to get feelers on everybody, but here comes the second half. This is the time where you got to rock and roll and you, and you stick with some, you let's roll with it, roll the dice on that. And let's see what happens at the end of this year. But that's just disappointing, man. They had this game in different, in different parts of this game. They had them on the ropes and they let them back into it. And you can't let somebody like Booker and Durant back into a game. Cause if you're going to go shot for shot, you're going to lose every single time against those two. So I don't know. But again, like, let's get through tomorrow. Hopefully we get a win so I can debut my new T-shirt. I'm dying to do a video. Um, but Did you make it or, or what? So it's a second Bonte T-shirt. It's a beauty. You're going to love it when you see it. But we need to win to be able to debut it. It's a new serial T-shirt. But... Hopefully I can debut before the All-Star game, but if not, got to wait for that first win after the All-Star You sell T-shirts on the side? You got to Etsy what's going on here, or you just make them for yourself? <laughs> so I will be. I'm working on a couple of different designs. Uh, I'll kind of get into it. I got one that says, instead of WrestleMania, it says Serial Mania, and it's got the same, like, the Hulk Hogan lettering. 
the same colors ready. I got a couple of things I'm working on, but I just got to put it all together. You know, I get to push back a little bit. I actually do think they're a little better this year. Um, but considering they hovered around the fifth spot, sixth spot, most of the year in this upgraded Western Conference, I think that's saying something. Granted, the Western Conference didn't really start picking up until probably the last two months. Uh, but the fact that they're still in the mix uh, tells me that they're still formidable and they're not going to be an easy out. They're ranked 20th on defense. Uh, there were times they actually were ranked 15th, uh, mostly hovered around 18th. And considering uh, the West is like 10 teams deep, 12 teams deep, uh, because considering anybody could beat anybody, I think that's saying something. As far as the offense goes, yeah, they're not number one, but last year's offense would only be the seventh or eighth best offense this year. So there's something to be said about that. So it's a different year. Everything is upgraded across the board as far as the other teams are concerned. So, And they're still hanging in there uh, without hey, I, any I- major additions. I still have faith in them. I think this second, like I, I, like I said, I'm I'm open minded to the second half, and let's just see what happens. I'm not going to overreact on either side. I hope you're more right than I'm right. I'll be the first one to be like, "Hey, man, you saw better than me." Cool, because that's all I want is I want to see, I want to see all joyous. I want to see this city celebrating some. Love to see a first get past the first round. But if not, we all know this offseason. Because if if Monty don't do anything in this offseason, people are going to lose their effing minds. So let's just, hey, I'm here for the roller coaster, man. Let's see what happens. I think that's the agenda, man. They're going to find out what they could do uh, in this year's playoffs. And, and I know some people are like, well, if they make the playoffs, I totally get that. But I think things will be made. Moves will be made in the offseason for sure. Thank you, uh, Manny. Appreciate you. Thanks, David. Ross, what's up? What's up, guys? Um, good to hear everybody stand semi-positive. Um, obviously, this is a, one that stings, um, but it's just one game. You know, obviously, it would have been really nice, and you can talk about the standings and all that, but um, kind of like touching what you guys were talking about, like, is this team better than last year? They're probably as good. They could be better, but we can all just agree that the Western Conference is like, in the whole league in general, it was one of the most down um, down years last year as far as competition. And, you know, the Kings played good and they caught fire, but, um, you know, there was definitely a reason why they were a little higher. So you can't really overreact and say, oh, we, we made the play on playing this year, but we were the third seed last year. That's kind of not how you do it when you're building a team. You just try and get better or stay the same and get some consistency. And this is so early in the process right now. Um, I come on here and I end up, you know, sounding like a broken record a lot of the time, but a lot of the stuff is so true. It's just like, I want to be good. I want to be a Minnesota or a, you know, OKC or one of those teams. Cause winning that many games is great. And having that consistency in that defense, but, if I have to say it a million times, Monty wasn't blessed with the same timeline and war chest as those teams that were able to take five to seven years. Um, the the Thunder have been tanking for almost 10 years besides that little, um, you know, playoff thing they had with. So they just been accumulating. Monty kind of walked in and worked with what he had. And that's kind of where we're at right now. And, 
he just doesn't have the ammunition. Um, you look at a team like the Suns. Suns say that traded what, like a couple first round picks and Michael Bridges. They were in the NBA Finals, and now we're battling them for the, to not make the play in. So you got to think we're comparing ourselves to a team like the Suns. The Suns have already done their all-in move, and they have a superstar that's 35. Um, so, for example, if Monty wanted to make a move like that, he doesn't have to sacrifice, you know, as much everything. You know, obviously he's not going to trade Keegan, but we could trade three first-round picks and a player or two and add a fourth person. Um, and I think at the trade deadline, he just didn't like and and the more we get away from the trade deadline the more i kind of like the fact that he didn't do anything because i was feeling kind of desperate and saying let's go get kuzma um like even a jeremy grant is a really good piece but is it a great piece um and we saw that he likes to go for the big move like he went for pascal and og he was actually in those conversations so obviously if they, you know, make the play in and miss the playoffs or whatever, either way, I don't think he's just sitting there content, like with running it back. I think that was just the smart move to be made was running it back. I don't think that's his necessarily his strategy, his strategy. You know, he's a smart GM. He's looking around. Of course he wants a defensive wing. Of course he wants another backup point guard, but um, you have to have teams that are willing to trade, and you don't want to get fleeced by giving up a bunch of first-round picks just because you're the Sacramento Kings and you wanted to compete for a 5-6 seed. Um, it's just not the smart move to be made. Um, as far as the game, uh, Fox, a lot of people you know, complain about him being inconsistent night to night. I mean, this dude shows up. in the When the playoffs come around, we don't really have to worry about him looking bored out there he's engaged in big games so that's just a really good thing to see i'm glad the glad the team showed up on national tv it's always good to kind of see them play competitive um but if kings fans are looking for a bright spot just look at our core um i'm not going to sit here and pick apart you know the weaknesses in our team and in our starting lineup but just know there's some weaknesses that if they're upgraded this team gets much better, you know, say we get a three and D guy and replace it with, you know, somebody in the starting lineup. And then you give Keegan another year, of, uh, learning how to, he's really struggling with, I think his stamina right now. He he's having to play the hardest defense of his career. And then you're asking him, Oh, we also need you to, you know, unleash some new offensive stuff. So I think in the off season, give him time to train, um, and things will be all right. So, if Kings fans are panicking, just realize we're in year one and a half. I know we're a little impatient, but Monty has so many more moves to be made. And so we're not looking like the the Clippers or the Suns or even a team like the Mavericks. It basically has given away all their first round picks. Um, so there's going to be some of these older teams. The Lakers and the Warriors can't hang around forever. Um, so, yeah, with time, I think we'll slowly progress our way up the West. Love y'all. And I say this all the time. If you just like look at different timelines of all the good teams across the league, and I'll just do one. I may I might just do one every episode. So let's talk about the Timberwolves. They get Ant in the 21 season. 
they don't make the playoffs. The next two seasons, they lose in the first round. And that's after they get their new coach, Coach Finch. And so right now, uh, they're actually near the top of the Western Conference. And we'll see what happens with them. But my point is, is that it takes time. And they had a lot of their roster last season as well. And they still got bounced in the first round. So it's going to take a while. So hopefully we're not too hard on ourselves or on the team. It is what it is. Josh, you've been waiting a long time. Really appreciate you uh, with your patience. What's going on? Uh, no problem, man. It's it's always fun listening. Am I live? Can you hear me at all? You're good, my, man. Perfect. Yeah, my Twitter's all bugging out. It's not like showing me the mic indicator. Either way, it's good hearing a lot of um, like half glass full optimism, you know, because uh, there was other people. I think it was Elizabeth who mentioned it. Like, just even turn the clock back three years ago, as opposed to what this team was now, let alone like 10 years ago, and seeing where this team is at a foundation structure. Like, people make the playoffs, and yeah, the third seed might have been a little, I wouldn't say flukish, but a little over the top of our performance, especially with, you know, how the West was dealing with severe injuries. And, um, and now this year, everybody's a bit more healthy, and the West is like this historically loaded with stars. You know, just the amount of Hall of Fame potential on several teams throughout the West, top to bottom is good. We have young talent, Minnesota and OKC, all that. It's just, I think a lot of people need to look at this and think you have a core of De'Aaron Fox, Sabonis, and Keegan Murray, who obviously is going to be eligible for that rookie extension at the end of his rookie contract as well. And those guys are more than likely bearing, bearing Darren Fox does not extend with us. God forbid at the end of the 2025 season, um, you're looking at a core of Fox, Sabonis, and Murray until probably like 20, the end of 2028, even further if Sabonis extends off of that too. So you you a lot of people focus too much on the game today as opposed to like what happens in a year what happens in two years i get it people are getting their hands dirty they're they're reaching for the pot of gold because once your team makes the playoffs for the first time in 17 years you're like screw it let's go for the whole thing you know and unfortunately it it's not that easy it's really not and i wish it was trust me but i think a lot of people got to realize like Take it slow. Look at what you had. We didn't have this guidance or direction on the Kings in over 17 years almost. You almost had it with the whole IT, Rudy Gay, DeMarcus Cousins era, but that didn't work out too well. But as opposed to this, there's a foundation. You just look forward to it. The inconsistencies with the losses, like I feel like the Kings spin a wheel before the game and see, okay, what way are we going to lose today, right? There's a difference between losing because you're just a poor team and there's a difference between losing because there's inconsistencies. And as a team grows and gets better, those things are straightened out. I think a lot of people got to realize that moving forward. Like, let the riot happen. Monty's... Trust I guarantee you Monty McNair wanted to make a move bad. But 
not so bad that he's willing to jeopardize any foundation or future payroll for this team. We got to first think Monk has to be ex- extended, right? That's the that's the number one priority this offseason is having De'Aaron Fox's best buddy on this team for the next three to four years. And if not, that's going to make Fox unhappy, I'm certain, right? That's the number one move. So you got to think, oh, why didn't Monty make a trade for that guy with that $40 million a year contract? That doesn't fit with Monk getting those bird right contracts. So just for those listening, for those who are just like, oh my God, what's happening? Why are we losing these games to Kevin Durant? <laughs> you know, just take it slow and enjoy what the team has building because it's going to be good. Just heads up. You know, that's all, I, that's all I'm trying to say out there. Well said, man. And uh, yeah, you're definitely in, within like minds uh, here in our space and in this podcast. Uh, we appreciate the words. And thanks for speaking, Josh. Um, come back anytime. Yeah, and, and like Josh was saying, I mean, just remember the fucking vomit gate. Remember those years. And I will take watching a team that wins six out of ten times any day over a team that's losing because Buddy Hill dribbled a ball off his knee. You know what I mean? Like, give me this team any day. That's all I got to say. Uh, I'm being dramatic right now, but... I listened to a lot of podcasts and, and this writer of a TV show, this showrunner, she was talking about Joseph Campbell shit. If anybody knows who and what that is, he's this writer who broke down uh, how stories are told, how fables are told. Star Wars follows the hero's journey. And in these stories, there's always a moment of hopelessness and despair. There's always a dark time in the movie, uh, in the journey where all hope is lost before the good things happen and the hero comes out triumphant at the end. I'm not saying that's this year that we're going to win the chip or anything like that. You never know, though. Again, if we shoot like the Miami Heat did last year, we could get to the finals. That's any team. But, yeah, I I just think we're in the lull. We're in the dark moment of the season. And I think after the All-Star break, this team is going to ramp up. And and I truly, truly believe an improved Fox, an improved Keegan, uh, a more consistent Monk, a very improved Domas has to account for something, and that has to at least make us a tough out in a really competitive uh, first-round opponent. It has to. Um, there's no way we bow out um, unless I don't, you know, unless we're playing the Pelicans, and for whatever reason they still continue to have our number. But yeah, this team is improved. It has to count for something. That's all I'm going to say. Elizabeth, any last words? No, I mean, hopefully, you know, like I said, whatever they can do tomorrow night, tomorrow night's not going to be an easy task. Um, I believe they still won't have KCP. I think he's out with a hamstring injury. Uh, So whatever they can do, I know it's going to be a tough game because you're playing in altitude, you're playing on a back-to-back. But whatever you can do, dig deep into that bag. Um, Hopefully other guys can step up tomorrow night. And uh, get that win and go on go on this break with a you know a win would be would be nice and help this team out. Uh, much needed rest, you know they can spend time with their families, do what they got to do, um, and then you know come back for that you know I wouldn't say second part of the season because we're way past the second half point, but you know last part of the season you know hopefully grind some good wins out and uh, you know make the playoffs and avoid the plan. Right on. And and if you look at the box score tonight, this is probably what the playoffs are going to look like. 
of just Domas, Malik, and Fox just coming through. And whoever else steps up, they're going to step up. Um, hopefully we get a more consistent HB and Kevin Herter. Um, I, I think it's a lot to ask from Keegan. I think this season is about Keegan stepping up on defense and becoming our elite defender. But I think he's not used to, like Ross said earlier, uh, being an elite defender, being a two-way player, and actually getting it done on the offensive side as well. I think so much energy is spent on the defensive end because he's now guarding uh, either the first or second highest usage player on the other team that it's hard for him. And this is all new. I think it's great that he's improved on that end. But, yeah, I think it's going to be an adjustment for sure. You guys are the best. We're out of here. Good day, good night, and light the beam. Thank <laughs> you.